Colts running back Jonathan Taylor has until next Tuesday to find someone to trade for him. He has two offers on the table and six teams interested. Who could those teams be? We're going to guess and talk about a lot more on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll, baby. Woo! You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. We got a lot of NFL news to discuss today. Before we get into it, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NFL. You're going to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's almost football season. A good time. To get on the game time app. But with that being said, Jonathan Taylor, we got some new trade information on how quickly he has to get this trade together on how many teams are interested. We're going to take our guesses on who's the who those teams could be. Also, Trey Lance put on ice in San Francisco. Who are some teams that could be interested in trading for Trey Lance? And then finally, Corey Davis retires. We're going to look at his situation and see if that's something that could happen more in the NFL going forward, and it may not be exactly what you're thinking we're going to discuss. But before we dive into all of that, thank you guys for making the Locked On NFL Podcast your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year round on all apps, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed to the Locked On NFL Podcast, where it's your team every day. Alex, diving right in here. We got some updated news from Stephen Holder reporting this that Jonathan Taylor has been given a deadline from the Colts. He needs to find himself a trade partner by next Tuesday. And also, according to Stephen Holder, there are six teams that have been in contact with the Colts, two teams who have already made offers. We, our group here, me and Alex, have talked about the Jonathan Taylor trade possibilities I've talked about some targets that could be looking at Jonathan Taylor, all that, for a few weeks now. A little a little clairvoyant, you could say. But now that we know the actual information and the truth behind things, Alex, who do you think the two teams that have made an offer are? Who do you think some of the teams out of the six that could be interested are? You go ahead and give me some of yours, and I'll, I'll retort, I guess, after I hear your list. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the two teams who have made offers we're going to be in synchronicity with. I would assume it's Miami and Chicago. I don't really know what other options are like for me, because I will just continue this, even though Jerry Jones came out and said that they don't need Jonathan Taylor, that it's not a thing. I would be surprised if Jerry Jones and the Cowboys were not one of these six teams that did request some more information, poking around or whatever it may be. Now, a couple teams that I've, you know, that I've thought like, okay, so probably Chicago and Miami. So that takes two away. Uh, I think it's Dallas. I think it's Buffalo. I think it's Philly because Philly asked about everybody and they don't have a running back one. That's like they're missing a piece in Philly. So that's what four or something. And then like there are the usual suspects where it's, where it's the Rams because they ask about everybody. But like for me, if I had to guess my six, it'd be the bills, the dolphins, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the bears, 
and the Chiefs because the Chiefs have car blanche with a quarterback who will never take as much money as he could to build out that roster. It's already it, he he and Tom Brady are very uh, have a lot of synchronicity with that. Tom Brady got all guaranteed money when people didn't really understand what that was as a quarterback, right. so it was kind of masked that way. But that would be my six, and I think Buffalo really needs to make a push here before everything implodes around them, like I've been saying has been happening for the last two seasons. No, you're 100% right. And when I thought about the clairvoyancy, I was thinking about the Buffalo situation that we've been talking about all summer as well. And now people are kind of starting to jump on that train of, wait, is this the last year of things as we know it in Buffalo? So I think that that trading for Jonathan Taylor could be a good idea to kind of just create more positive momentum. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um I think that the teams that you named are probably right. I'm trying to think of maybe another team that that could be interested. Um, maybe like the Chargers, you know what mm. I mean? Could be a team if they wanted having Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor would really help out. And you got to think that um, Kellen Moore came from Dallas where he had a Zeke and a Tony Pollard, and that's how yeah. he was able to kind of build their offense out. So I think that could be an option, especially a team like the Chargers who they need to win right now. Like they need to win ASAP. So – I think that could make some sense. Really trying to think about teams in the NFC. I think a team like maybe the Washington Commanders. I know that Brian Robinson is pretty good, Antonio Gibson, all that. But I think Jonathan Taylor is a class above those guys. And when you have Sam Howell, who looks better than some people expect, I think giving him a solid, like a a super talented high-level running back could be key. So I think think that could be in there. I think the interesting one that you talked about is the Eagles. I, I mean, they find a way to go out, and when guys are on the bargain bin, they find a way to go out and get them, you know what I mean, and really improve their team and push. They're another team that can go all in right now as well to go for a Super Bowl. So I'm with your list. I agree that Chicago and Miami make the most sense as the people who have made an offer. Um, But I would just throw throw the Chargers in there as as maybe a possibility. I've I've got one more, and this is not – I've been struggling with this. I haven't talked about this on the Lockdown Cardinals podcast. I haven't talked about it at all. I've thought about it behind closed doors because I don't think it's crazier things have happened in the NFL. So when that is like a precedence, I can talk about it. Think about the Cardinals just for a second. Now, let me explain all this. This isn't because it's home cooking. This is because of the Cardinals. No, it makes new sense. Regime, new regime. Okay. Right. Drew Petson coming over from Cleveland has had that, even though he wasn't the offensive coordinator there, he was a, you know, an extension of Kevin Stefanski in the quarterback room. He had Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run that offense and made mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield look really good. Okay. Made him look really good. They were fourth and three rollout with Chase Daniel, as we talk about a lot in the playoffs, away from potentially beating Kansas City on the road at Arrowhead. The Cardinals have so much draft capital next year. They have three third round picks next season. And you can't think that Jonathan Taylor is going to go for more than a third at this point. Like, I don't see maybe a late second to a contender. Conditional. Third. A third and a fifth, a third and a fourth, you know, in 2024, right. something like that. Now, the Cardinals aren't close, but they're one offseason and the draft picks working out and Kyler Murray coming back healthy and maybe Caleb Williams, who, who the hell knows, to be like that. Because you can't yeah. you can't time things in the NFL perfectly ever. So you need to right. be like, you know what, can this be a guy for the future for this organization? If the answer is yes. You need to investigate. So I wouldn't be shocked if Monty Asifor called and just been like, what are we looking at here? But, I mean, it's an outside chance. I just don't think if they trade for Jonathan Taylor that it would be the craziest thing that's ever happened, especially a team that's trying to really 
pivot their trajectory to be more meteoric and less dysfunctional. I think that if you flash forward a year from now and the Cardinals had Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Jonathan Taylor, that would be huge. And I just want to point out one more thing. Monty Austinfort, who was hired to be the general manager of the Cardinals this year, just came from an organization where they had a running back on a decent contract and they made it work. So if yeah. there's anybody in the NFL who thinks that that model can work now and if you get the ro new rookie quarterback or with Caleb Murray when he comes back, it might be Monty Austin for it. So want to keep that in mind. But we're going to move forward. There's another player in the NFL who looks like they are going to be traded and very soon. It's Trey Lance. I'm going to take a victory lap and we're going to talk about Trey Lance trade spots here in just a moment. Before we get into it, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by... It's brought to you by the Game Time app, folks. And right now is the perfect time to talk about the Game Time app because NFL season is here. And look, for me, trying to go to games, figuring out where the best place to buy a ticket is, all that, it can be super stressful until I tried the Game Time app. I used the Game Time app to get some MLB tickets over the summer. It was really easy. Felt like I was getting a fair price, and I love the way that they show you where your tickets are at so you have a good idea of what the view is from your seats. Some apps and some places that you go to, they offer that, but it's never really what you're going to be looking at during the game. It doesn't feel exact. Game Time showed me exactly what I was looking for, and the best place about Game Time is it is the place to go if you want last-minute ticket deals. Forget trying to plan things in advance. If you're like me, I'm not about all that planning stuff. I want to figure out what I'm doing. Today, game time allows you to do that stress-free. So again, snag those tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code locked on NFL. That's locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the promo code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Alex, we are going to continue a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. We talked about Jonathan Taylor, some of the teams that could be interested in him. But now it is time yeah. to talk about Trey Lance. I see so you shaking to. your head. Let's just yeah. go ahead and get it out there, rip the Band-Aid off. We talked about the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation a couple of weeks ago here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year round, always for free. Get subscribed, stay subscribed. There we go. And we talked about who should start in San Francisco. Alex, famously, nefariously, infamously. Careful. Nick Trey Lance. Careful. Um, it's not what I said. Before, okay. until we move on, at least at least quote right. me correctly for my idiocy, okay? okay? I said that Trey Lance has the highest ceiling of all three quarterbacks. And when you use the term ceiling, it allows you to lean on the unknown in a positive right. state. Right. That's what yeah. ceiling is, okay? Right. And it's also measurable. Like Anthony Richardson is the highest ceiling of any quarterback to come out this year. That could mean diddly fugazi squat. But he had the best combine in the history of quarterback combines. So it's got to do that. Trey Lance has always been excitement of the unknown. So that's what I meant by that. Regardless of what I meant, I'm a big, dumb, ugly idiot face. And I'm completely <laughs> incorrect with my stance, at least in the eyes of Kyle Shanahan and all over there. 
Right. Well, with that being said, thank you, Alex, for your honesty. With that being said, the news did come out on Wednesday that Trey Lance on the outs in San Francisco. He didn't practice on Wednesday. They're looking for trade options for Trey Lance right now. Uh, Sam Darnold is the backup quarterback. Brock Purdy is back, and he is healthy, and it looks like he's going to be ready to go for the regular season. Um, If you're an NFL team or which NFL team are you, if you're looking at Trey Lance, who do, who do you think would maybe make some sense for Trey Lance as an option um, to go out and trade for him? I, I don't really see anything clean. So if you got anything in your mind, then let me know. I mean, for what? Like, so so that that's Nothing. got no, that's got to be the answer for. Yeah, is it for somebody who right. could be a potential future? Or are you trading a right. sixth round pick for a backup with the potential just to have this resurrection of a career? somewhere else like what we know about Trey Lance is very little still because he's played less than a full season we saw the beginning of two years ago where it's like oh okay you could see this him and Debo Samuel had something Mm -hmm. cooking in 2021 for a few weeks Uh, he almost beat the Cardinals at at State Farm Stadium Um, they lost 17-10 the Cardinals beat them like there have been flashes but like can we just take a second and they shunned Jimmy Garoppolo for this guy. No practicing yeah, with us. Crazy. No practicing with us, they said. You go on the high school field, Jimmy. Right. And look at what's happened. Like the the just like the polar the polarizing nature of the 49ers, where they're going to be fantastical in great or bad. And this is one of the worst draft day trades in the history of football. Yeah. This may yes. be the worst draft day trade in the history of football. Three first-rounders for a guy that played less than a season and they were on the road moving them. So, Minnesota's a name Luke Braun is throwing up. Minnesota is is who I was thinking of. Another one, Detroit. You know, I know you love Jared Goff and everything, but maybe they could look at Trey Lance as a project. A team that came to mind for me, the Los Angeles Rams. I was thinking them too. That's the name that I was going to say. Why not? You know what I mean? And and then, you know, the the Trey Lance revenge tour playing the San Francisco team. Two times a year. I think that could make sense. Um, had another one in mind. What? Um, trying to think of it in real time now that popped up. Um, someone who could have a quarterback who could move away sometime soon. Maybe Tampa Bay. I know they're yeah. kind of a different, but I mean, they got Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. If they don't believe in either of them, go I ahead mean, and do New that. England, but with the quarterback like, class coming, why would you do this? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, there, there are teams like, I'm more fascinated. What about Denver? What about Denver? If, yeah. if if Russ, you know, just take a cheap flyer on Trey Lance, and maybe if Russell Wilson truly is shot completely, you move on from him and you try to develop Trey Lance. I mean, could Denver well, be an option? There was a team we talked about last week who you didn't necessarily believe in the quarterback and would be happy ready for a quick hook if they didn't start off the 2023 season so well. Do you know what that name is? There is a backup who was one of my truther guys. In oh, uh, Desmond Ritter, yeah. So, yeah, the the problem with this is we don't know who Trey Lance is at all, right? At at all, like he may as well be coming out of college at this point, playing that one game that was just the showcase for NFL, and he crapped the bed then. Like, he has a skill set that is in a vacuum very efficient for this day and age of the quarterback. Okay, he's got a hell of an arm. Not very accurate. He can run the ball. 
but he's been injured the last couple seasons that he's played. So Tyler, I'm more like, I do want to peel before we get to the last thing, which is going to be fascinating. What's the draft capital? What's, what's the, the comp? Like, what do you, are you trading a fourth round pick for Trey Lance? Probably not. No, like, I, I think it's like a, I think they'll do like a conditional, a conditional fifth rounder that if Trey Lance is on the team at a certain point, or if he plays a certain amount of snaps, it'll be a fifth rounder. If he doesn't hit that, it goes back to a sixth rounder. I think it'll be something like that and something low because the, the secret's out. The, the the 49ers have no leverage at all right now. None. But, None. But, so, let me, but, but let me ask you this. Like, the quarterback is like the third most important position on offense for them. They do things completely differently. So in a more traditional offense where a quarterback has to make plays and isn't just Sean McVay, Jared Goff, you don't think I do all the thinking. Right. Which is what right. Kyle Shanahan does. Kyle Shanahan plays quarterback, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it is in San Francisco. It's the movie Rockstar. It doesn't matter who the lead singer is. It's going to be the same thing, and that's a beautiful thing. But when you're trying to gauge the talent of a quarterback, just because he doesn't fit in that mold, that could be a deterrent for the 49ers, but a positive for another organization. We're like, go get him, kid. Here are the keys. So, like, I, I don't – like, the, maybe they're just a bad mix. Mac Jones would have been a perfect fit for them because he would have done yeah. exactly what Kyle Shanahan wanted. Yep. So, like, yep. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe he's too talented to be a 49ers well, really, quarterback. They should have picked Justin Fields. He's everything they wanted Trey Lance to be. He is that. And he had proven it on a bigger stage, with a bigger program, and that just seems like a colossal failure. If you're going to take a risk on a guy who you don't think is pro-ready, why not do it with the Power 5 top quarterback in college football? If you're taking the risk, why not go, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense, and it'll be jeered for all eternity. But uh, Corey Davis, New York Jets wide receiver, surprisingly retired on Wednesday. We're going to talk about that decision what it could mean for the NFL going forward, and I don't think that we're taking the angle that you guys probably think that we're taking. So we're going to dive into that in just a moment. I'm. You are? Yeah. I'm stoked for this segment, Tyler. Um, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland locked on Titans. At Tic Tac Titans for him on Twitter at Clancy's Corner for me. Uh, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube for both all of the Titans and Cardinals information you could choke down. If you like film breakdown, Tyler is one of the best in the game doing it. Um, he loves it. He's a sick, you twisted, you know, uh, you know, he, he, he loves his film breakdown. And um, and we, we don't do. want it any other way. Now, Corey Davis retires. OK, that's not necessarily yes. the story. It is for whatever reasons he wants to step away from football. Do it. Okay, he got two nice contracts. He got one from the mm -hmm. Titans and one from the Jets. Okay, when he got drafted, then he went to the Jets. He was one of the benefactors of the elevated salary cap where teams had to spend a little bit more money on receivers. It was kind of a sticker shock. Good for him. He made his money. He wants to be healthy. Get the hell out of town. But the, the conversation I want to have, Tyler, is, and I've talked about this is another thing we were before, before we go server. on. Before we go on, yeah. I got to give a little home cooking as a guy who watched Corey Davis for four years. Yeah, sure. I just want to say, yeah. Corey Davis. Corey Davis never lived up to being the number five overall pick in the draft that he was in 2017. He was never that good. He was never that guy. I think Cooper Cup obviously is the best receiver from that draft class, but out of the first round, Mike Williams, John Ross was 
you know, a, a disaster. But right. just want to all know that Corey Davis never lived up to his draft spot, and I don't want to argue that. I do want to say he was a part of the 2017 Titans team that won their first playoff game and went to the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. He was mm-hmm. a part of a 2019 Titans team that went to the AFC Championship, the furthest that they have gone since like 2003. He was a part of a Titans team in 2020 that won the division when the Titans hadn't won the division since like 2009 or something like that. So although Corey Davis didn't live up to what his draft slot was, he was a part of some of the more successful Tennessee Titans teams in the history of the team. You can laugh at that success if you're a team that has had a lot more success, even a team like the Cardinals who's been to the Super Bowl a couple times. Um, But I just want to give Corey Davis his just due because he had an 800 or a 900-yard season one time, 800-yard season one time. He had some good moments for the Titans and was a solid player. So, uh, didn't live up to the draft slot, but not a bum by any means. So, anyways, go forth now well, with the bigger enough. picture. I just Let the record show. All right, let the record show. Fair enough. No, absolutely. And he had a nice career. You know, he lasted, you know, five, six, seven years. It seems like he's leaving on his own accord. I think he had one year left on his deal with the Jets. Um and had to have made know, like $50 million or close yeah. to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which in the NFL may not be, you know, big time money, but think about you well, know geez. regular life. All of you guys listening to this and $50 million ain't a lot of money to you, then whoo, good for you. Congrats. Yeah. I wouldn't be talking to you if I was worth it. No, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I'd be right here. Um, so we talked about this maybe two off seasons ago, Tyler, where with wide receivers, becoming more and more prevalent in the first round. I mean, do you remember when it was like a a foreign language when the Falcons traded up and drafted Julio Jones in the top 10? It's like, that doesn't happen. Either you have Calvin Johnson or you have Larry Fitzgerald or you don't draft a receiver in the top 10. You know, it's kind of looked at as as now. You know, there's one that'll, that'll sift through every year, whatever. But now it's, okay, which wide receiver is going to go in the top five? Out of the 25, it's not like it's quarterbacks where there's only three or four a year. There's 100 wide receivers that come in. It could be Denzel Mims. It could be Jalen Rager. It could be Jamar Chase. We have no idea what it's really going to turn into in the NFL. Jamar Chase, we kind of knew. But Justin Jefferson went in the 20s, right? You have no real idea what players will translate to in the NFL. So my question to you is with Corey Davis going, he went fifth, right? Going fifth overall the year that he did. Like, Will it ever deter GMs on wide receiver needy teams to reach for a wide receiver now like teams used to reach for quarterbacks? Because drafting a rookie wide receiver and having it be the next Chris Olave or the next Justin Jefferson is worth the risk that that it doesn't turn into a Denzel Mims? Is that kind of where we're at? It's just kind of blind hope that your box-checking for physical attributes or whatever it may be, translates in the NFL. Well, I, I I think that generally what you're laying out, I agree with. I think the reality is because wide receiver production has been found so easily in the first round, I think it's going to entice more general managers to pick wide receivers in the first round because yeah. they realize, oh, look at all these teams getting so much value. Like you mentioned, some of the examples. A lot of general managers are going to say, hey, man, why pick this tight end or why pick this linebacker when there's so much value with wide receivers in the first round? And as that starts to happen and that trend kind of kicks up, I think, like you said, 
offline and we're explaining there will be more busts in the first round at wide receiver because general managers are just more willing to take swings on it because it's hit so much here recently. There will, With more swings comes more misses, no matter what, no matter what. So there may be more hits, but there will definitely be more misses. And honestly, I sit here as a Tennessee Titans guy, Traylon Burks. You look last year, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Now those guys, you know, taking ahead of Traylon Burks and all that, but there, there are going to be wide receivers that miss when you think it should be an absolute home run in the first round right. because you've seen so many home runs in the first round. And it, it's going to happen more to general managers. And I think eventually it'll start to work back the other way where they take less because it used to be finding wide receivers in the second and third round was right. the sweet spot. You know what I mean? But now, as you've talked about, the value of wide receivers and hitting them in the first round is how the teams have been pushing them up the board. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely think you're right on that. Well, and and the other thing is for a GM, like this is kind of introspection to the human and wanting to keep their job and wanting to make the right moves is there's, so, there's so much leeway when it comes to receivers compared to quarterbacks and other positions where it's like edge rushers where it's, you can blame the quarterback, you can blame the scheme. You could blame him being young. So you get at least a year or so before you're looked at as, why would you draft that guy? The learning right. curve, even though it's shrunk, when rookies just come in and ball out, you know, it, it just it's just different. Right. But, like, you can blame – if you don't have an elite quarterback, oh, it was the quarterback. He's good. That was the right pick, right. but the quarterback. So you have a little bit more leash where it's like, that's not a bad pick for another right. 700 days. And then you can talk about it where, you know, you have the ability to make better picks. So it kind of, you know, the whole thing for a GM to keep their job. I just think it's, yeah. it's fascinating because, yeah, receivers, chicks dig the long ball and deep passes. Like you don't want to run the ball, even though running and playing defense win Super Bowls all the time. If it's Jarek McKinnon or if it's the bus with Pittsburgh, it's the same thing. Um, but, yeah, it's just fascinating to see the shift. It's also crazy how, you know, I know that we're not the exact same age, but we're pretty much in the same bracket here. Growing up, man, it was Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, LaDainian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson. Guys, like, the coolest thing that you could possibly be other than a quarterback was a running back. Like, that was, and, you know, now with the money conversation around running back, with the proliferation of seven-on-seven camps and throwing the football, being, a you know, something that people do more, wide receiver is by far the coolest position that you can be now in, you know. Sure. Talk about GMs wanting to save their job, making the draft pick that makes everybody happy. You would think that GMs don't do that, but sometimes that is exactly what they do because they're human beings. So that is kind of involved as well. But uh, fun conversation. You guys know me and Alex kind of like to dive deep and, and, and kind of uh, have a little thought exercise with the last segment of the day, especially here uh, as we get closer to the regular season. But a lot of NFL news coming in. Uh, make sure that you tune in to Locked On NFL on Friday with your boy Q and Chris Carter. They're going to be breaking down all the latest for you guys as well. But that's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for Alex. As always, start your Thursday or start your weekend early. It is Thursday after all. And stay safe out there, everybody. <laughs>